Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. And welcome to the Utah Puck Report. Gary, what's going on, man? How's it going? Good to see you, finally. It's good to see you. For those that are watching the video, there is video a lot with this podcast. So, Gary, you and I have, we've been friends for a long time. We've gone to a lot of hockey games together and a lot of uh, concerts together. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure with most people that go to a concert or to a game, if you're a player, you think, what if? what What if they need me? Like, my gear's in the car. (laughs) <laughs> Ready to go. What if the coach just looked into the stands and said, hey, we need you. Yeah. Would you be ready to go? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity to do it. And, and recently, the, the funny thing is the Utah Grizzlies did the same thing. And they had to – the part you never think about is what if it's the visiting team? Right? What if it's the visiting team that says, hey, we need – we need you, local guy. Yeah. So on the show today, Brady DeVries, who is from Rapid City, was going to school in Phoenix <laughs> and got pulled into a Utah Grizzlies professional hockey game. Brady, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good to have you on. We've been wanting to have you on for a while and, and wanted to hear your story. It's pretty unique. Um, tell us about... So first off, you're from Rapid City. Yeah. And you weren't living there at the time. You were living somewhere else. You get, tell, tell us about that morning. Tell us about how that day went for you. Uh, so I spent the night at like my friend's house. And we had just like spent all night just like staying up and like playing games. So yeah. we like got up early in the morning kind of and like went to McDonald's. And then when I was in the drive through that's when I got a, the call. Yeah. So <laughs> Was it Coach Kanasiewicz calling you? It was uh, – so it was the goalie coach of the Rapid City Rush who called me. He had my number because I, like, would go through his goalie camps through the years. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. 
And tell us about your playing experience up till that minute. Where, where did you grow up playing? Have you played juniors? I played like only high school hockey in South Dakota. So it's like kind of competitive there, weirdly, like weirdly fast, you know, than like places surrounding kind of, but like, it's not like anything like Minnesota hockey or like, <laughs> like real, like AAA hockey, you know, it's just high school hockey. So, and right. then I came here and I played a D3 club, which is like, honestly, it was like kind of like huge step down from where like the Grizzlies were, but. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So D3 ACHA club. Yeah. And, and you're at Grand Canyon University, which is in, is it in Phoenix? Yeah, it's in Phoenix. Yep. And I, I, I've seen their D2 team play against Weber State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, to go from and, – and a lot of people don't understand um, the tiers of hockey. And a lot of people underestimate how good the Utah Grizzlies actually are. But when you're talking Utah Grizzlies, you're talking guys that uh, – like they just signed a guy out of NCAA from Arizona State who's like one of their leading scorers all time played the USHL, won national championships yeah. in the USHL. So legit tier one junior A hockey, legit NCAA, and now he's playing for the, the Utah Grizzlies. And you've, you've got draft picks from the Colorado Avalanche playing for the Utah Grizzlies. And, and that's what the ECHL is a development yeah. league uh-huh. for the AHL, for the NHL. And you go from ACHA Division three sitting in a drive through at McDonald's and they're like, Hey, come. Did they tell you you might start or did they? Yeah. yeah. They, so they, so what happened was they flew another goalie in that morning and he tested positive for COVID. So they're kind of at a scramble. There's not like a lot of goalies in South Dakota, I guess. So (laughs) they kind of only had like me and then they had um, the juniors goalies there too, but they were going to be ineligible if they played. So, yeah. So I was kind of the only option, I guess. Besides, like a beer league goalie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Funny you bring that up. So, so man, tell us a little bit more about how the day goes. So, is that time for you to get a pregame skate? Did you get the morning skate with them? No, I I, I didn't get the morning. It was like at um, I think twelve. I got the call, and the game was at six. So it was pretty much after that, just like a scramble to find hockey gear, you know. Yeah, yeah, so that's the other part of this story, Gary. He didn't even have his own gear. Yeah, gear was at home. Uh, yeah, it was in. It was at college. Oh, geez. so yeah, <laughs> I I tried to get my mom to fly it down, but it was gonna cost like way too much money, I think. <laughs> but I like I got money or I got gear from the high school team that I played for previously. Oh, um, that's cool. my brother this year is like it's his first year coaching that team. He's coaching like the JV team they have, so he like had keys to the rink and he let me in. And I like called all the goalies and stuff, and they told me I could use their gear. So then I just like kind of took from both their gear. Wow, yeah. nice! That's great. That's super uncomfortable. So, one of I've had a few experiences similar, and we'll we'll get into some of those. But um, one time I got the opportunity to dress for a couple days for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And I was there as, a, as an equipment rep, and they're just like, hey, uh, Pasquale Leclerc's sick. He, he's not going to skate today and tomorrow. Do you want to skate? And I was like, yeah, I want to skate, but I don't have my gear. And they're like, that's all right. Just use Pasquale's. And I was like, that's such a weird thing for a goalie because we are such 
goaltenders by nature are usually such equipment freaks, which is one of the things that leads you into being a goalie, right? You're like, wow, look at all that gear. Uh, it looks cool, yeah. Yeah, and you want to do your mask and you want everything to be just right. So my one, my first time on the ice with an NHL club, I'm wearing somebody, somebody else's gear. And I'm, I'm a Brian's guy. Like, I only wear yeah. Brian's everything. Well, I wear a lot of Warrior stuff now, too. But that was all Bauer stuff. So the strapping's different. The, the way it bends <laughs> is different. The skates were weird. And Size, it's like, yeah. yeah, super frustrating, right? Like the smell was, was weird. <laughs> yeah, the smell was definitely weird. <laughs> but was that a huge factor for you getting on the ice? Did you feel like, like – yeah. I was still really, with your gear. I was still really clunky. Like, yeah, like skating was kind of work. Like I, the pads I had were like three inches bigger than my normal pads. So I had to like, I, it was kind of weird skating out there and like, uh, like skating laps around during warmups and stuff. I was kind of freaking out. Cause I was like, this is not okay. What I'm wearing right now. Like, <laughs> so you get back up, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. The backup was a uh, mentally goalie. I think. Okay. They, they were going to have him play originally if I didn't, play so i don't even know if they're gonna have like the game like i don't even know if they're gonna play <laughs> i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold in october of 1985 a woman named sheree warren left work at a busy salt lake city office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership she never made it home Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. You know, my experience, I'm, I'm Utah's e-bug. That's, that's typically what I do, but when they're here, so I'm everybody else's e-bug too. And, uh, I also five years ago played against Rapid City. So you got it and then you got the win. So Rapid City's got to be hating Utah e-bugs right now because that's, it's tough for them to go in. And I know I've talked to some of the guys that I played against. Um, I had one really good save, right? And it happened to be against a guy that later got traded to the Grizzlies. And he's like, man, it was hard to live that down. Like, I was getting calls from friends that I played juniors with. Like, how did you let this beer leaguer stone you on this, you know? And he's like, yeah, it's kind of funny. So, so lead us through you. It's You're clunky, as you say. Yeah. And you know you're starting. Do you even know, like, what a pro warm-up's like? Do you know like, how many yeah, shots do I take? What do I do? Uh, I got a little confused at the end. But uh, everything before that was, like, uh, pretty normal, pretty, like, I've been used to doing all that stuff before. I But they wanted to play, like, rebound game at the end, and I had never done yeah. that. So or I've never played that during uh, warm-ups, so that was really fun. Uh, the la- and, so, yeah, that's the last puck, right? Is that what you're talking yep. about, last puck? Yeah, last puck. And typically that's the backup. Typically the yeah. backup takes last puck. <laughs> I was taking it, so. <laughs> and one of the things you notice, too, is that guys on their first time e-bugging don't get, like, Starter takes like 10 shots, backup yeah. takes like three shots, then you get out of the net, let the guys shoot at the net. And a lot of times you'll see the e-bug try to stand in there where guys are skating laps and pucks are coming from. Oh, everywhere. yeah, like the butterfly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, kind of funny. Yeah. So tell us about like pregame. What's what's your mindset like? What's going through uh, your head? I was so nervous. I was doing. I didn't have any of my stuff, so I found like this old tennis ball that had been duct taped around it, and I was like, "Can I use this?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I took it, <laughs> and I was doing like my ball work with that, and my um, so like a family friend who happened to be like a doctor had to give me a physical right before the game. You know what I mean? So he was just like checking my arms and stuff while I was warming up. And then um, like I had to like sign a bunch of contracts, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't really get any food before either. So I was kind of <laughs> scary. <laughs> so yeah, it was just crazy. Would the co- well, so what did the coach tell you? Uh, well, he was just like, you probably going to have start for us. We're going to probably have our starter. And then he's like, you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I want to do this. So, how were you feeling? Like, how nervous were you? And what were your thoughts as games getting ready to begin? Did you get sick to your stomach? Did you get crazy? Like, yeah, I was feeling nervous and like kind of sick. I didn't eat very. I like. I took like my. I got a banana that they had, and I ate some of that, but I couldn't even finish it. So, I just like threw it away, and then I tried to like drink Gatorade and stuff. Yeah. But I was feeling pretty nervous, and it got like more. I got more nervous, kind of, as like the game went on. But in between periods, I would feel so nervous. And then when I was out there, I'd be like, "Okay, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah." Just like the wait in between the periods was the worst for me. I think the funny thing about it is, and and some of the best advice I ever got before going in my game was like one of the guys just pulled me aside. He's like, "Hey, you've played hockey before. This is just another hockey game. It's just just play hockey." Yeah. And it's easy to get out there and just focus on the game. But then, like you said, in between periods, you're like, holy crap, I'm playing pro. And that guy over there is a pro. And that guy over there was an All-American. Or I might have seen that guy on TV playing in the NHL a few years ago. Or, you know, like for me, I knew a couple of guys. Like college had just finished and I'd watched a couple of those guys play in the, you know, the Sweet 16 or the Frozen Four. And now they're playing against me or with me. And it's holy crap, this is a... (laughs) <laughs> it's the whirlwind to all of a sudden be thrown in a game. So tell us about the game. How, what was your first shot like? What was your first goal that you uh, gave up? I got scored on. The first goal they scored on me was like a soft, a super soft goal. It was, I gave the guy his first pro goal, I think, but it was like <laughs> from like the goal line. It was one of the really 100% save shots, you know, like we were supposed to get 100% of those. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, 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 from like the post. But I just didn't have like a tight seal on it. And then, yeah, it was – the everybody on the Grizzlies was blocking so they were blocking so many shots. They were diving and just like they were throwing bodies on the ice, you know. It was great. Like I swear, like if they would have <laughs> counted how many block shots there were, there would have been more block shots than actual shots. Like yeah, yeah. the guys know and the guys pitch in. Like yeah, it yeah. was it's uh for me, when I got off the ice and, and some of the guys were like what were the things that stand out to you is one is like, yeah, the guys were really sacrificing out there. And two, it was violent. Yeah. Totally different than any other level I had ever played. And watching the game, you see, Oh, that guy just got hit or whatever, but being on the ice and you know, the guys are trying harder to protect you because they know that, you know, you're an Mm e-book and it got (laughs) super violent. (laughs) <laughs> around me and i went in we were we were killing a three on five penalty oh wow and so when i went in and like <laughs> i gave up a rebound and a guy got murdered trying to go for it. Like, <laughs> uh, 
one of my best friends, Evan Stoffler, just about killed a guy because I just gave up a goofy rebound. But it, it's crazy the, the amount of sacrifice those guys have put out for you. Okay, so you give up a soft one. How does that affect your psyche? Um, well, I really – I before that, I was, like, really feeling good about not letting any goals in so far, you know? And yeah. it was I, it was all good because it was only one goal, you know? And I think uh, the first period finished, like, 1-0. to zero. So I was pretty hyped going in after the first period with only, like, one goal down, you know? Because yeah. – in my mind, it was like nobody thought I was going to block like anything. So any block shots were good. <laughs> so you kind of go in with like, a, I've got nothing uh, to lose, right? Like yeah, I'm yeah. a guy that, I'm a Atcha D3 guy. D3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell us about the second period. Um, the second period was good. I was feeling like, this is when I started to feel like sick, I think. Like I started feeling my stomach, like all like the nerves and stuff, you know? And then it went pretty quickly. I don't really remember what the score was at the end of the second. But I remember after the second, I got like sick and like, <laughs> they're all like, yeah, you're going to be way faster now. You're going <laughs> to be killing it. You know, it was like, <laughs> and so I was just getting ready to go out for the third. And the third went well, it was just, we were winning for like a majority. And then they tied it up like really close to the end of the game with a really bad goal, like from behind the goal line. Oh so, no. Yeah. It like deflected off my helmet when it, <laughs> Oh man! So, yeah. So, whose helmet were you wearing? I was wearing Danny Vitaccio's helmet. He was the goalie coach that called me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw a picture and it looked like a Rapid City helmet. Yeah, it was. It was his helmet. That might have. How been was you? How was your vision? Like, did you did you adjust all the straps and you felt was, comfortable in it? Yeah, I felt comfortable. It was nice. I was used to like the cat eyes, but I wasn't used to like the black cage. You know, it didn't really affect me though because the cat eyes were so big. Yeah. And yeah. But and off the helmet, man. I mean, he, he would never call that again. I mean, off the helmet, man. Come on. Yeah, they should, <laughs> they should have to call it, right? right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're in corners all day. Yeah, yeah. it's so weird because you know that 99% of the time you're going to have that save, but you give it up and you give up two one. goal yeah. line goals. Like, yeah. yeah. Just fluky. All right. So then now you're nervous about a game, but now you're going to overtime. Mm hmm. Right? Yep. Now what's going through your head? And what are guys saying to you? Uh, there. Well, I think I was on the bench, and one of the guys was just like, easiest overtime of your life. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I skated back, and I was like, geez, uh, <laughs> I hope this goes well. And they only got, like, one rush that didn't really work out. So it was. Re- I was like, I hope they just get, like, a lucky breakaway goal, and we can just end this right here. Be done. <laughs> and that's kind of just, like, what happened. You know, they had one rush down towards me, and I, like, Sticked it away, and then they just got back to the other side. It was two on one, easy. Man, nice. could, you, could you imagine if that would have been like a shootout game? Oh yeah, that's that's where it would have really gotten heavy. You know, like did that go through <laughs> your head a little bit though? Did yeah, it did, and I just thought like I would really want to try to embarrass this other goalie. You know, like because <laughs> <laughs> if you beat him in a shootout, it's just like no excuses, kind of. You know, yeah, right, yeah. Um, I've had a lot of. Break, not, I wouldn't say breakaway. I've had a lot of practice experience with, with pros on one-on-os. Yep. And it, it does not go well for me. It's, uh, <laughs> it might be a little bit different in a game because there's more on the line for them. And still, I think you might be in the same mindset. We're like, I've got yeah. nothing to lose. I'm, <laughs> ten, I'm 10 times slower than any other goalie that they're going to coach against. So they might go for a double deke and I might still be yeah, losing still be my there. balance from the first move. <laughs> from yeah, the first so. deke, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I can work in your favor, but man, there are times where they just light me up on the, you know, the, some of the drills they do in the pros where they, yeah. you know, it's three on O, two on O, one on O, those drills where they go back and forth. And I, I stopped like zero of those shots, but man, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. So now you've won. You've, you've played your overtime. You've won. Just does the, you start going viral? Uh, you start going crazy for you? Kind of, yeah. All the guys are going crazy. They're in the locker room and stuff. And they're like partying, you know, like, do you realize what just happened? You know, <laughs> it was just a really crazy moment, yeah. <laughs> Did they let you keep your jersey? No, they didn't let me keep my jersey, but I kept the hat that they gave me for backing up and stuff the next two games. So I was pretty yeah. cool, yeah. Oh, yeah, you did end up backing up the next few games, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Well, that's that's a total East Coast League move for them not to let you keep your jersey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to see if we can't start a movement to get you your jersey back. <laughs> the, the one thing that happened for me is the uh, Utah Grizzlies Booster Club bought my jersey that I wore that oh, night wow. and made sure I got it. So that was that's pretty cool. We'll see if we can't that's start great. that movement and get your jersey. What number jersey did you wear that day? Um, I think it was like 31 or 32. Okay. I'll find out. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And typically what happens and guys don't know this, but, uh, typically they only get three jerseys that are goalie cut for the ECHL Uh teams. It's not like the, yeah, it's not like the NHL where they just have endless jerseys. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) they just put your name over somebody else's Yeah, yeah. and you wear it that day. And then they take your name off and put somebody else's name back on it. So that's why they typically don't give them to you. But we'll see if we can't start some kind of a movement and keep you a jersey. Because you, you deserve a Utah Grizzly. Heck yeah. Um, what's it been like since then? Like you go back and now you're playing, uh, you're playing Atcha games. Are you getting yeah. – are people season, talking smack to you? Uh, I didn't – so my like D3 season only had two games like after we got back from break for second semester. You know what I mean? So, like, we we just, like, played those two games. I didn't get to play because it was really weird. They were trying to make a decision on my eligibility, and we just, like, finished our season before they made a decision. So, like, I couldn't play. <laughs> but it wasn't, like, that big of a deal to me. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I played that game. Yeah, so, and we ran it. You, you mentioned that before with the, the junior guys, and we ran into that before here with Utah guys. Is like, oh, what about their – their eligibility, which yeah. is weird to me because when I played in the ACHA, we were playing against guys that played in the NHL and, you know, then ended up going to chiropractic school or whatever. Oh, so yeah. we, went to, we went to nationals. We got smoked by three guys that played in the NHL that were wow, in, yeah. at life college or some crap. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you can't even dress e-bug and yeah. keep your I mean, eligibility. I think we played like a 30 year old this year from yeah. New Mexico. So that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, it's 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 a club sport. You should be able to keep playing. I mean, it, it would suck for you to have to say, "Oh, well, yeah, I, I'm not going to take this op- this once in a lifetime opportunity to play a pro game because of my club team back home or mm-hmm. back at college." And they and the club team should understand that and still let you play club. It's club for crying out loud. They should let yeah. you play. Yeah, absolutely. I'll reach out to the ACHA president too. We'll start. We'll see if we can't get our whole movement. Yeah. He's calling everyone. (laughs) I think last we heard we have, Gary, I think we have 18,000 downloads or whatever per episode. We'll see if we can't get some kind of momentum going. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Even if we get eight people to write emails to, to the ACHA. Yeah, but I really that. will. I'll freaking call the ACHA right now. Because it's, that's a ridiculous, it's just a stupid decision. Oh, that guy had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Now we're going to screw him over yeah, for the next three yeah. years that he's at school here. So, but, I mean, are you getting any crap in men's league or anything? Or are you a hero? Or uh, <laughs> Yeah, like my hockey team, I, every time I'm with them, they bring it up. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's funny. A lot of times, if I'll play, uh, you know, I'll play in a men's league game and I'll give up a goal, and the guy will be like, "Oh, I scored on the Grizzlies goalie," or, <laughs> or like, "You're not that good." Or oh, you, know. you play for our team, and then uh, the guy on the other team's like crying to the guy that runs the league. Oh, he's pro, man. He can't play in this division. Yeah, that happens a lot. In fact, I'm trying to play in a tournament. In uh, right now, I'm trying to play in a tournament. Brady, you're going to end up dealing with this. Uh, so my yeah. game was my game was five years ago, and I'm forty. Wow. I'm, I'm going to turn forty nine in April, and I'm playing in a tournament in April. And when I registered, I had to get registered through USA Hockey, and I immediately got an email saying that uh, they have to review my status because of my pro wow. status. Wow, and yeah, I'm like ridiculous. Okay. I mean, I guess the <laughs> <laughs> <A> pro status. <laughs> it's it's all because people complain, yeah. and I mean, I I give up. Five, six, eight goals in men's league game, just like any other forty-plus-year-old goalie. So, but you know, I'm I'm the same guy that's gonna I'm gonna you know keep living my fifteen minutes of fame too. So, I'm ju- I'm just as quick to tell you about it as I am to try to hide from it when I want to play. So, but Gary, do you have any more questions for Brady? What uh, What are you gonna do? I mean. Uh... What's your, what's your plan here for the future? Just keep. Uh, I honestly might like go out and play hockey somewhere else next year. Just, I don't know how I feel about like all the whole hockey program here. So I might just like move, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I've just been reaching out to different places. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. man, uh, I was excited to hear about your story. Uh, you and I shared the same thing. And tell me a little bit. You said you're coach there or your coach somewhere had the same experience, right? Your coach e-bug somewhere? Yeah. My coach texted me and he said, uh, I actually backed up for the Utah Grizzlies versus Rapid City like a while ago too. So I guess Utah just doesn't have very reliable goalies. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the craziest thing. So Utah, well, when I did it, we were the Anaheim Ducks and Anaheim had a, just a roll of injury injuries. But with the Colorado Avalanche, the Grizzlies have to carry three goalies. The Avalanche, it's they're one of the only teams in the ECHL that carry three goalies. But when you have weird things happen, and like the yeah. third goalie here is Garrett Metcalf, who's also a local guy, but he's also a legit pro, and he got pulled up to the AHL. And then both the Utah goalies got pulled up to the AHL. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, you know, you think they think they have all their bases covered with the extra goalie, but yeah. You yeah. can't, you know, and it's always during Thanksgiving. It's always during Christmas. Oh, yeah. The guys are getting hurt. Yeah, sick. Yep. Well, that's cool, man. Congratulations yeah. on such a cool experience. And that's yeah. something uh, that's something you're going to get to carry with you for the rest of your life and, and brag about it and get made fun of about it. And, but, you know, you're, you're one of the 1% that got to play a pro game. So congratulations on that. Yeah. And you got to win in overtime. Yeah. That's got to be less than 1%. <laughs> so that's, that's even cooler. Yeah. Um, all right. So coming up on the Utah Puck Report in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk to Kevin Guy, former Salt Lake Golden Eagle, current Utah Junior Grizzlies coach. Is that right, Gary? Is he with the yeah. Junior Grizzlies? 
Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that's going on around here with as far as tier one, tier two programs, high school hockey. We've got all kinds of cool stuff coming up. Brady, so, so much. We, we appreciate everything that uh, you've been through yeah. and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show and good luck, man. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Gary. Right on. Next time. Yes. This COVID thing's supposed to be over. You and I are going to be together in the studio. That would be amazing. That's the goal. Okay. Okay. Well, for today, that (laughs) is the Utah Puck Report. Stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.